Today is November 12th, 2023. Welcome to Native Calgarian. Oki Naganago Mekoche Chestokom Aki or Dekots Nagotine Siku. Hi, my name is Red Thunder Woman. My married English name is Michelle Robinson, and I use she and her pronouns. I honor the Blackfoot as the elders and members have been so kind to me on my Red Road journey. Elder uh, Red Crane taught me how to pronounce my spirit name in Blackfoot, and Leonard Kenny taught me how to pronounce my spirit name in Satu Dene. My humblest apologies to the Blackfoot and Dene elders and language keepers as I try to learn proper pronunciation. My Dene lineage roots me in the land of the Great Bear Lake Tribe in Treaty 11. My people wore rabbit skin, so it's been referred to as the land of the hair people. I'm a native to Turtle Island, and my Dene nation is a visitor to this area of Clinchotine Indahe in Satu Dene, meaning many big dog town, named after the Calgary Stampede. I was born in Calgary or in Blackfoot Mokinstis as Michelle Elliott, an English name that has afforded me privilege in an English colonial world. My mother is Northern Slavey Dene or Satu Dene, but my Indian Act imposed status card imposed by the uh, Canadian government says Yellow Knives Dene. Through my father, I am a daughter of the Mayflower and a daughter of the American Revolution, while having a Canadian Indian Act imposed status card. Um, it's a colonial construct by Canadian policies meant to divide Indigenous peoples' inherent rights. Indigenous Two-Spirit or the Indigenous 2S LGBTQ community and the Indigenous women are at the bottom of the Canadian socioeconomic ladder because of colonial trauma, imposed poverty, racism, gendered violence, and land theft. According to the 2023 Quality of Life report from the Calgary Foundation, 31% of uh, racialized Calgarians cannot find suitable unemployment. I do not speak on behalf of all Indigenous, but I sure can share my journey. As a Dene woman who has attempted to run, joined harmful colonial parties, spent money to be at expensive conventions, left my home to travel to those conventions just to vote on incomplete policies that still allow for the incarceration and denial of justice, denial of health services, racism, colonial trauma, and genocide of Indigenous and Black peoples, I have worked to continue, reports to advocate for, and attempt to work within these systems meant to harm me and my community. I think of all of this today as we honor the many Indigenous lives lost for this so-called country named Canada. I hope you see your role in the importance of stopping harm and as a citizen, see your role in reconciliation and as a treaty partner. Pride Month should never just be one month. It's important to understand the straight agenda and gendered violence was and is forced on this lands by Christian outsiders and now kind of perpetuated by other religions. I'm going to get more into that. Land acknowledgements are critical for creating a safer space for Indigenous as well as honoring the host as a guest and acknowledging your role as a treaty partner in a so-called time of reconciliation. It's important land acknowledgements have meaning. I encourage all to introduce themselves with an acknowledgement of their ancestors, stories of displacement, and how you perceive your role as a treaty partner, a citizen of Canada, a refugee, or other land displacement, so we as Indigenous peoples know how safe you are to be around. If you don't know how to pronounce your local Indigenous nations' names, won't say your pronouns, won't say your story of origin, won't acknowledge stolen lands, won't acknowledge imposed economic oppression, or your role in reconciliation, I determine how safe you are to be around my community, my family, and myself. 
Understanding land acknowledgements and their importance is Indigenous 101 because it immediately addresses colonialism, oppression dynamics, broken treaties, and lies taught today in Canadian schools nationally. That's why settlers and those who call themselves native Calgarians or whatever town you're from, you show me you have no Indigenous 101 understanding. You know, Jesse Winty's book, Unreconciled, explains this perfectly, as do many Indigenous authored books. Land Back is a movement that could save the planet from climate change created by colonialism, but it would also be a part of a treaty partnership, part of meaningful reconciliation, and honoring global initiatives like the United Nations Declaration on Rights of Indigenous People. I'm speaking to you on the lands of the Nitsitapi, which is the Blackfoot Confederacy. The Blackfoot south of the imposed U.S.-Canadian border are the Blackfeet, and north of the border are the Sixaga, Gainai, and Bagani of the Confederacy. These lands are Treaty 7. They were signed in September of 1877 with signatures that included the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Good Stoney, Chiniki, and Bearspaw Nations of the Stoney, and the Dene from Sutina. I acknowledge all First Nation, Métis, Inuit, status and non-status across Turtle Island, as the keepers of these lands. All non-Indigenous are treaty partners, with the government signing on your behalf. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Thank you, previous donors, for showing your support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you. For those who cannot afford to give, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com, where you can send in your comments or questions. Also, giving a review helps, whatever medium you're listening from. I have a YouTube channel that you can go and subscribe. You can go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcasts, the pin posts on social media, but also, um, you know, if you absolutely want me to come talk, then you can hire me through there. I think it's really important that people understand the reason why I talk about land acknowledgements is because of my history in geomatics. And what's unfortunate is um, because people don't get it, um, what has now happened is enough Indigenous people are like, yeah, I don't really want you seeing any land acknowledgement because you don't tell your story of origin, you don't acknowledge any of this economic oppression, etc. And now you've just pissed off Natives. And it sucks because, you know, I think that it has started a dialogue that I haven't seen in the 10 years that I've been talking about uh, Palestine with folks. That's for sure. And I think that, um, you know, until Canadians really understand the gravity of Canada being a settler colonial construct, they're not going to understand these land acknowledgements. And it is shocking to me how people will go out of their way to avoid that truth. And, you know, all I've been talking about the last little while is about uh, racism coming from settler colonialism. Um, you know, the other day there was a, you know, wannabe, really um, edgy type of art uh, group that put out this, you know, mock city of Calgary um, sign. And it said, oh, here's how you build an igloo to deal with houselessness. And everybody was like, it's just a joke. And I'm like, it's not funny. It's racist. And like the city that I live in is so racist. And the they weren't willing to listen to that context. So I had people that I know many of you follow and retweet and share. They were the ones actually attacking me. Uh, they were attacking me on Twitter. They were making all sorts of jokes. They were making jokes about the sign prior. And 
not recognizing and realizing how upsetting it was. I actually had one of my cousins from Yellowknife reach out to me and say, hey, have you seen the sign after being tagged in this multiple times? And, um, you know, I, I, I really am not happy that this, you know, art group tried to uh, do this work and, and raise uh, a spotlight on, on the fact that, you know, Indigenous people are houseless um, because they actually didn't care that it's over representative Indigenous people, just like every racist settler they're just like, oh, we really like an idea of an igloo. So we're just going to steal that um, concept or, you know, appropriate it and and make it part of our edgy, <laughs> look at us, we're such good artists sign. And it's not cool. It wasn't funny. It, it wasn't great. It didn't, it didn't do what it wanted to do because people were more focused on trying to take space. They were more focused on saying Michelle's wrong. And they're more focused on, not and, and totally not acknowledging the fact that like folks like me my my listeners know I've been talking about um houselessness on this podcast forever and none of them recognize that none of them reach out to uh the indigenous community they just exploit us they exploit us with their art their edgy art and it sucks so so much so that even my family up north was upset so you know and and I had uh, I thought the Inuit population were, were going to speak out about it, but it was just enough for me. And I did. And all of the uh, so-called progressives, but I actually just called them racist settlers because that's what they are. You know, you're, if you're so committed to trying to own me on something, well, it's not an official city sign. It doesn't matter. This city is so racist that you all thought it was funny, appropriate and uh, totally okay to appropriate indigenous um culture like like as you always do and totally miss the point that they're just being racist settlers again but i, I like i said and racist settlers will go like bend over backwards become liquid to try to not acknowledge their racism and their settler state mentality. Well, anything to avoid it, right? So um, anyway, I I was interviewed by City News and I think I can really only share that on Twitter. I don't know how to share that on like my YouTube or on the podcast, but I basically tried to explain it. Um, a lot of it was cut as, I mean, you can only have like a minute or two on these news things anyway so unfortunately not all of it was really laid out there but at the end of the day you know so many people really outed themselves um edgy artists who are racist <laughs> settlers just appropriating inuit culture um you know and and i i said i i built snow forts all the time when i was a kid you know you could have used the term snow fort but no you had to appropriate it you had to say igloo and it was just gross to see that. Anyway, I'm just kind of, you know, sick and tired of Canadians going out of their way to be racist. And, and um, when I say that, I think people don't understand, like, they don't understand Indigenous or oppressed at all. They don't understand the concept. So they have no problem attacking Indigenous because they don't recognize, like, you're really punching down. So they think they're hysterical. They think they're funny, but they don't understand you're punching down. And like I seen, uh, I, I did a call out um, for 
this Palestinian uh, solidarity march. And like, again, the organizers not understanding the gravity of what they're asking Indigenous people. And unfortunately, I know some of the organizers, I've known them for 10 years, they like are purposely misunderstanding or like there's no nicer way to say it. Um, so I, I definitely struggle because I can't stand the genocide that's happening. I can't stand Canada not wanting to recognize their settler racist state. I can't stand the fact that, um, you know, we have this horrible atrocity happening and the average Canadian not paying attention. I was doing some phone banking for a political party. Not one person brought it up, not one. You know, so there's a huge disconnect when it comes to um, caring about oppressed people when it comes to Canadians. They they just can't help themselves. They're just like, they think everything's roses and sunshine. So they don't care that Indigenous are homeless. They, they don't care that they're a racist settler state. And they certainly don't care when other racist settler states are committing genocide on not white people. They just don't care. If had they been white, I'm sure they would care a lot more as we've seen with Ukraine. But because they're not white, people could not care less. And it, it is infuriating to watch. Um, Mansoor, one of my um, friends that I, I've met over time, he recently left Calgary to go to Palestine. And of course, he's like, I, I think I, I'm just going to say this to my listeners. I don't think you can understand how what what they're going through i mean i can't possibly understand but that this bigger picture that i keep seeing of the small interviews that i do see that are coming out of there even if you want to live that's not the point to them they don't want to die martyrs but when you have a skill set let's say you're a doctor and you know how to do any type of surgery and you see people who need all the surgery, you don't want to leave them. And my friend Mansoor isn't like, these are literally his brothers, his sisters, his cousins, his people. He doesn't want to leave there. So his wife and his kids, uh, he has four, four kids, five kids. They, they just got out. I mean, I, I was like sick all week waiting for them to get out and they finally got out. But, you know, understandably they wanted their dad and I understandably understand why he can't, he can't leave. He, he has to report. So for folks who aren't paying attention, um, this is an unprecedented amount of journalists being murdered by the oppressive state. Um, I just retweeted the UN. They have never had this many people die in a conflict before. I can't, even put out all the Geneva conventions that are regularly being violated right now. I, I cannot understand how everybody's okay with it, but I also understand that I don't look at life through a white supremacist, racist settler state lens and they do. And that's why, like when you talk about intersectionality, so many people who are Brown absolutely understand what's wrong and are, are fighting for Palestine. But that said, 
because uh, so many universities have said, no, you're not allowed to say this. Here in Calgary, we had one of our main organizers actually get charged. And the the expression from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, was added on as hate speech. Now, for anybody who knows what that is, it's actually a freedom call. Nobody hates Jewish people. Nobody wants Jewish people eliminated. eliminated. There is a far-right fascist group of evangelical Christians and far-right Jewish population of Zionists that are combined together with their religious belief system that are, are creating the most fascist, ugly talking points that anything that you say that is not pro-Jewish is anti-Semitic and, and not even pro-Jewish, uh, uh, pro-Israel, pro-Zionism. It, it's anti-Semitic and that's not true. Um, I was just sharing some uh, speeches on Twitter that happened today. Uh, Ronnie Lay, she is uh, Jewish and she does women's studies. Um, she's a professor, an academic at that. Uh, she's Jewish. Miriam um, Amir, she is our Jewish friend who's older than Gaza. Uh, she's 80, no, 92 She's 92 and she's still out there doing activism because she was a Jewish nurse and she's seen the plight of the Palestinians and has been on the Palestinian side ever since. There's independent voices, uh, independent Jewish voices. I just shared their information. Um, you know, that there are so many Jewish people that are speaking out against this uh, genocide that's happening in Palestine. So for folks who are paying attention I I'm, I implore you to another group I've been sharing are queers in Palestine uh, back to the intersectional component. Um, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, any of the LGBT in Palestine would be murdered. And it's like, yeah, well, they're all being murdered now, regardless of their being straight or not. And, um, and what I've been learning uh, from queers in Palestine and, and other queer voices is that actually that a lot of that stuff is actually not true. So here in Canada, I would argue gendered violence is the absolute standard norm. And, um, you know, people are, are murdered all the time under the, you know, umbrella of intimate partner violence. And, um, you know, the 2SLGBTQ community are disproportionately committing suicide um, I know people like to use the term unalive, and uh, I'm, so I, I apologize for using the S word, but yeah, at the end of the day, we have a disproportionate amount of violence happening to the 2SLGBTQ community here. And quite frankly, you're seeing this small sect of, of right-wing conservatives going after what we call the SOGI 123 uh, um, curricula that has been developed to try to create uh, an understanding of healthy sexuality. And they're they're attacking that, they're trying to get rid of that. They call it a woke agenda. And it, I, I am just so disappointed with people's perception that like queer Muslims don't need protection. And in fact, um, I haven't been invited back to speak because I do speak about the 2SLGBTQ community 
And I did talk to another friend of mine who happens to be a part of the community who was directly told not to talk about it. So, you know, it, it it's it it's so hard to me to want to support what's happening locally in some aspects because they don't recognize their settler state um, biases, even here in Canada. Yet they demand of Indigenous people to show up and to dance and to drum when they've literally never showed up to any of our events ever. Um, so this week, speaking of which, uh, okay, before I go back to that, uh, more intersectionality. Like I, I, That's the point. A lot of brown people in Canada do not understand that they have inherited racist settler uh, belief systems with and have anti-Indigenous bias. Because to them, Canada is great. Canada is wonderful. And they're right. To them, it is. They are. They may consider themselves second-class citizens because they experience racism all the time, but they are still a higher elevated group of people over Indigenous people because of the way the policies are set up in Canada. So, you know, it's really unfortunate to not have people really understand the gravity of that. Um, but, it, of course you know, solidarity shouldn't be conditional. So I've been showing up regardless because it matters. And this particular day we were asked to show up in regalia and drum if possible. So I did put, make a Facebook event and, you know, took some screenshots and showed it on all my social media. Um, I'm well aware that my social media is being uh, suppressed it does every time that there's some type of action like this. Uh, it happened with I don't know more. It happened with other Palestinian conflict uh, issues. So like it just happens all the time. <laughs> and a lot of folks don't know and don't see it because they just don't care because they have their, you know, racist settler belief systems and everything is biased towards them. So anyway, at I guess a bit of an upside was a few members of the Reconciliation Action Group who are settlers trying to start to do this work were seeing that. And that was, you know, I, I mean, I've been saying this for years and years, but it just goes in one ear and out the other. But they finally got to witness it firsthand how it was working in their feeds and how they couldn't comment at times. And um, so that that made me happy that at least it was being seen for the first time through their eyes. Now, all of my friends who are Indigenous, we all go through this all the time, so we know this. But uh, I think for non-Indigenous, they're like, oh my God, what? I have no idea. They're privileged, as usual. So, you know, that's that's just the way it works. But that was the good part. Um, the Reconciliation Action Group, we had a an action actually on, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday, and... You know, we put out a press release. We had told some of our activist friends beforehand that this was going to be happening and that we'll put out the press release because we didn't really want the Catholic uh, school division to have a heads up on it. And um, so we we did our action in front of there. And thank, to, thank you to Albert Wu for all of the great work he does with us and taking pictures so that we have some sort of documentation of it. Uh, we did get coverage, I guess, with Global and City News. I don't remember if it was good or bad. I kind of get it mixed up sometimes. But um, what did matter to me was that 
the family that was being targeted by the Catholic school board system said that they felt um, some healing, some joy, some happiness seen, you know, that type of thing. Now that said, even though we have the Métis Nation of Alberta supporting us because this was a little Métis boy that was attacked, we have this like man who says he's native, but he just, man, he was attacking us on social media again, not the first time. We're just getting harassed by this guy. And the amount of Canadians that are just like totally okay with Indigenous women and a reconciliation group being targeted and nobody saying or doing anything, you know, it's been really hard uh, for folks who don't know. Um, our organizer from last week got charged with that expression from the land to the sea, Palestine will be free. And we've seen Adora Nufar and Taylor McNally get charged and him get charged. And I have a friend who does harm reduction work and he's being scrutinized by the police. And it's kind of at the point where it's like any good that had been built up seems to be just being taken away in an instant because of these charges. I mean, yeah, I talked to how many people in these communities that will never trust the police now. So now we have a whole new generation that will never forget these things. And that's where we're at. So all of this community building, I, I've been praying for the uh, liaison who's brown. I won't say his name here, but I've been praying for him all week because I know his community that he's been trying to build relations with, with the police, ha are just in so much pain this last week. And the young man, uh, Wesson, who's been targeted now by the police, like he has national support. But it's not the point. The point is, if you're an organizer in Canada and Calgary specifically, and you're not white, <laughs> you're going to get charged. And as Stop the Stack YYC has shown so well with uh, Dora and Taylor that they just throw charges at you until you're done and you're uh, labeled as a criminal. Um. You know, they already have that bias to call us savages in some capacity. And I'm seeing that being played out against the Palestinians right now. And I just wish people would realize that these are racist propaganda techniques, speak out against them. And what is happening is that people are too afraid to speak out because it will hurt their career. You know, this is what happened in Germany was that nice people said nothing. Nice people were just doing their job. Look what happened. So it, it's a sad time. I'm I'm really sad for, I, I had more hopes and aspirations that although the diversity work that we had been doing would lead to very different charges from very different people. Today, I seen Craig Chandler from the conservative right wing um, out with the Israelis, the pro-Zionists, and they have their professional um, lawn signs that were done. And we've seen all across social media that they have to be paid to be there. 
it's just so disappointing that so many people aren't paying attention. So it was nice to see some white people on our side that that's good. I would argue in a city of a million people, it should be much higher on a Sunday afternoon. That's part of the reason why it is on Sunday afternoons, because, you know, you can't use the excuse that you have work. But here we are, at least with the Reconciliation Action Group. I, I would understand if people did that. But, you know, we didn't even get messages or have people amplify our, our um, event or anything like that. So um, it is what it is. And, you know, it, at the end of the day, too, my solidarity, I know it's right and wrong. So I'm going to stand with the trans community. I'm going to stand with the 2SLGBTQ community. I'm going to stand with Palestinians. I'm going to stand with Muslims. I'm going to stand with the brown community on these issues. I'm going to stand with Black people on Black Lives Matter, even though none of them show up to our events. Um, you know, Sunny Crazy Bull, Tammy Crazy Bull, that vigil. Um, yeah, there was a lot of snow and it was a snow day, but... I don't think people had the intention of coming anyway, just judging by the lack of sharing the event, telling other people, posting all the stuff, you know, like it, it's just, it's interesting seeing people pretending to be activists on these uh, different platforms and yet not showing up when it matters. Right. Um, anyway, it is what it is. I know it's right. So I'm going to show up to these things and Hopefully one day people, Canadians will see that they are the ones perpetuating a genocide on Indigenous people and that they have such a strong racist belief system that, that that's why they have no problem attacking me on social media or whatever, or not amplifying if you are in solidarity, etc. So anyway, our family from the Reconciliation Action Group did feel supported by the few of us who did show up. So again, if you do care about Indigenous issues, um, follow the Reconciliation Action Group, because that's where we're trying to do a lot of that work, because it's exhausting work, and we need multiple hands, not just uh, a few. And the Indigenous community, you know, we're, we're burying our people left, right, and center because of the drug toxicity that... Canada allows to continue um you know it, it's it's so depressing I was listening to CBC and they actually had like MPs from across the country of all different party affiliations talking about how they were personally affected by somebody that they know who has died from this drug poisoning yet they refuse to do anything all week you know people are demanding a ceasefire they will not do it <laughs> they they won't come out and say it i just thought by this time last week after i found out wasm got um charged that it was the ucp changing something but for folks who don't know mickey emery who happens to be brown even though he has red hair and looks white he's he's not his dad um was the previous mla for that area and uh, Mo Emery, Muhammad Emery, and they're, they're Muslim. So, you know, <laughs> the idea that Mickey Emery would have to change from the land to the sea, like, I, I cannot imagine him doing that. That would be, like, 
just saying your vote is ridiculous. So thankfully, it's not the UCP. I don't, I, I don't know if it was the city that was going to do it or what. But anyway, I'm hoping, praying that it's not going to be illegal to say these things. Like we talk about freedom of expression, like all these stupid freedom convoy guys, like this is where it's so clearly racist. They're not showing up to these things saying, yeah, you know, this is wrong. Um, people should be allowed to say this chant. Um, and then all the uh, all lives matter, not just black matters or not just indigenous lives matter. They're sure silent on Palestinian lives mattering. Holy. <laughs> so anyway, I um I did post uh, a little bit about what happened today on Twitter. And I wanted to give a shout out to a few folks um, who showed up. So a uh, good friend of mine, Alicia, she showed up in a, in a jingle dress and she was the one who um, danced. There was uh, another friend of mine who brought a drum, another friend who didn't bring her drum, but her husband had a drum. So she ended up using that drum you know, so there were there were a few of us that were drumming and we were trying to create a barrier from the Israelis to the Palestinians because it, it is very clear that the um, pro-Zionists are trying to bait uh, protesters to say something so that they can, you know, cry anti-Semitic when there's nothing there. And we've seen that in a Con Concordia uh, conversation where it was going around that one of the Muslim women had said the K word, which is the worst word I'm never going to say. And it turned out she didn't. She actually said the C word, which you can't say C word in Canada for folks who know what I'm talking about. Um, but there was other violence at that same event as well. And and that's what they want, right? Like to make it seem like Muslims are violent savages because that has been the propaganda since I was alive. So we're not supposed to like brown people. We're not supposed to like Muslims. We're not supposed to like Palestinians. Um, you know, and, and you're seeing really bad uh, white supremacist commentary coming from like mainstream news. Um, even their coverage, I shared a, a CTV um, analysis of it of all of their their coverage and they have a disproportionate amount of israelis and they have a disproportionate the the words that they use even our local activist simon jamal said that uh you know when she was asked to speak on ctv there was three other israelis to her one voice so and she didn't get to rebuttal uh the other voices so you know it, it the bias is so clear and i I wish that Canadians would see that and pay attention to it. So anyway, CTV, CTV news is the uh, apparently more watched news. So that's why it's so disappointing and why it's so important to bring it up. Anyway, um, I think that covers everything for today. But to, uh, next Sunday, they were saying that they were going to move it till three so that the pro-Zionist Israeli side can have their own shindig on the one side and then... Uh, the Palestinians will have theirs on the other side. So I would say avoid the area if you're not participating, but at the same time, why aren't you participating? Like you have a genocide happening in front of you. How can you just be like, yeah, it's fine. It's cool, whatever. 
uh, I did learn some things. I, I put out a, quite a long TikTok about this. Uh, for folks who don't know, um, Israel had outlawed the Palestinian flag at one point. So a lot of people would use a watermelon as a symbol of solidarity because it has all the colors of the Palestinian flag. And apparently they, they grow and eat it, eat, eat watermelons. So, and uh, for folks who don't know, olive trees are multi-generationally looked after by families and Israel knows that. So they'll burn a, a you know, thousand year old olive tree in front of a Palestinian family to take away their food source, to take away their economic source, and to also claim the land as racist settlers. So, you know, olives, if you'll see me posting about olives, that's what that's about as well. Um, and I, the biggest thing I learned that I, I didn't know prior was that the poppy is actually the official flower of Palestine. So, I really was not feeling good about Remembrance Day because we had forces that, well, we always have forces that help Israelis. That's the settler states, how we work all together, right? So um, our, you know, task force went in the other, the like on the first part of it. And um, so I wasn't, I wasn't feeling, I was feeling sick to my stomach about Remembrance Day. And, um, you know, because here we have genocide happening, like actual genocide. Anyway, I, when I found out that Palestine's official flower was a poppy, I felt so much better about wearing it and seeing it. But I had um, a veteran from Okotoks on Twitter attacking every brown, black woman on the internet for not wearing poppies. So I said, well, are you even aware that this is a thing? And um, I don't think he's used to getting called out on his, you know, sexist racism against uh, brown women. <clears throat> so anyway, I, uh, I just thought it was something that people are unaware of. And <laughs> ironically enough, even before that, I seen, and I won't name the party, they put out their official picture of all of them hanging out. And they some of them had poppies. Some of them had poppies on the wrong side. So you're supposed to have a poppy over your heart, folks. Although that was yesterday and that's over. Um, yesterday, I went to Bankhead. I always go to Bankhead because Bankhead is uh, a town that no longer exists. It was a, a small mining town that um, took over the lands by Banff in, in Minnewonka. And, um, you know, they shut it down and there's foundations there. So a lot of folks that come to Lake Minnewonka will see these uh, remnants of Bankhead. Anyway, they have a beautiful memorial for the Great War. And uh, so I always go there because nobody goes there um, ever. And because our family goes and we go every year. There's a man who's from uh, Holland uh, and he and his, you know, he lives out in Canmore. His wife teaches uh, in Saudi Arabia and we get to have a little ceremony, uh, just a private one. And I always bring my phone and play last post. And I got to see him again and I'm hoping his wife will come home. And then that way I'm, I'm worried for her. And I said that to him and 
he said he, she should be okay and doesn't sound like she rocks the boat too much on this um issue but at the end of the day um you know I'm it's weird having a friendship with someone I only see him once a year and this particular year Darcy uh was unable to attend he had podcasting to do um with Freedom's Path and then my daughter is yeah she's 16 she doesn't you know <laughs> they had a late night so getting up early to go travel all the way to Lake Minnewanka wasn't her cup of tea so I just went by myself but at least I got to see my Dutch friend there and uh, we got to honor the the small group that did go for the great war and is honored there so and he said to me that Parks Canada does do some sort of ceremony but um, to me it, they're never there on November 11th at 11 a.m. So to me, it's important for me to always go there. And especially as somebody who's, you know, enjoyed Lake Minnewanka as a scuba diver and taught folks how to scuba dive there and got to play on the dam underwater and such. So to me, it's important to honor that. But it's a it's a weird time when you think about it, because, you know, the the Great War happened just after the really the dispossession of the stony in that area and the blackfoot so they weren't allowed in anymore in that area and parks canada had taken it over yet had little mining town a bankhead it's just so wild to think how settler colonialism works and how towns can come and go based off of settler colonialism economic decisions and anyway it is what it is so I didn't mean to take up so much time with that um next week is a lot of events for leading up to trans day of remembrance uh so like trans awareness in general and um on the 20th is trans day of remembrance so they're going to have uh the actual names that have been lost over the course of the year on the 19th and then on the 20th there's going to be a sacred fire so i'm going to take a shift of that uh, you may have seen me share that if you want to participate at all just contact uh, i usually uh, share the organizers of whatever is being done in the hopes that people will contact them if they want to learn more about what to do so i hope uh you know, as far as I know, um, Sunday and Monday are both a go. I have two casinos this week for Abbeydale Community Association. I always look forward to casino food. So that I am looking forward to. And what else? There was other things I was going to talk about. I, I can't remember. But tomorrow I do have a book club. Oh, oh my God. So I started reading this National Action Plan it's actually worse than I thought it was going to be. So for folks who've listened before, you know, we did the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls Two-Spirit National Inquiry Reports and Segments. And I'm like, it was so great. Why do we need a national action plan on gendered violence? Um, yeah, no, it it's not just whitewashed. It's racist whitewashed using terminology like stakeholder. Then I had somebody like, oh my god I didn't know stakeholder was uh racist and I'm like I have a background in geomatics you want me to give you all of this Ugh. why is racism 
and settler colonialism so missed by Canadians. They just don't know. Anyway, so I I am annoyed, more annoyed than you can possibly imagine. I was actually sharing a thread on Twitter with screenshots from it where they actually would talk about oppression dynamics while we're in what the third week of this these attacks on on Gaza where there's a genocide happening and Canadians like well, we recommend that you read about oppression dynamics and they so clearly don't get it ah! anyway really struggling with that so tomorrow I'm sure it'll be lots of fun at book club maybe other people will have something positive to say that will help me feel a lot better about them so anyway look for the next um 2024 book club selections i i'm going to try to put that together by the end of tomorrow so that that way people know what to grab and to read i don't know what to say about it anymore i'm so freaking annoyed about all of it ay, ay, ay. um i'm proud that this podcast has given solutions and included cultural safety and cultural first aid and all of them to create a safer space for Indigenous people of color, those with disabilities and 2SLGBTQ to speak. According to the 2023 Quality of Life Report from the Calgary Foundation, 88% of racialized Calgarians feel uncomfortable or out of place because of religion, ethnicity, skin color, culture, language, accent, gender, sexual orientation, and that is up from 75% in 2023. And I'll be curious, after this Israeli-Palestinian uh, issue, how many how how much more that'll go up from 88 percent because it nobody's nobody's happy now nobody anyway 84 percent of racialized calgarians believe racism exists and why that's not 100 percent i'll never know versus 66 percent of non-racialized calgarians like Seriously, they don't even know the half of it of that 66% because they perpetuate it all the time as, as settler colonizers, but they don't even see it because their anti-Indigenous bias is so strong. Anyway, I want to say thank you to Cheryl Ward, uh, Chelsea Branch, and Alicia Fritkin of heretohelp.bc.ca. They have a great section on what is Indigenous cultural safety and why I should care about it that work are cultural action tools so please support work like that as part of your reconciliation work and settler understandings i'm just lucky enough to highlight and repeat them here another great resource that i just absolutely love is from donna bevins i wish you would all go to racialequitytools.org and give her all the money because she deserves it um anyway she has talked a lot about different forms of racism and I think folks who don't know what internalized racism is and lateral violence are the very folks that need to focus on it the most because they perpetuate it the most. Um, what does that even mean? That means rather than attacking the, you know, institutions of racism, so the, you know, police, the justice, the education, uh, governance, whatever it is, rather than putting the energy towards that, we start beating up on each other and it's easier and you get further and it sucks because if you're trauma informed, you know, that is trauma from colonial violence, but most people clearly don't know what that is because they're not paying attention to what is happening in their own life. Like, you know, 
Palestinians and, and Muslims, it's against the law to adopt other kids. Why is that? Because that's cultural genocide. It's actually part of the definition of genocide. But in Canada, it is so normalized because of racist colonial belief systems, settler belief systems, to just adopt other kids and raise them as your own. And it it's such a mindfuck if you were to ever meet folks who have are from different cultures being raised in the wrong culture and what that does and especially in a society that refuses to deal with racism and settler colonial uh, belief systems bias anti-indigenous bias it's so gross so god everybody stop what you're doing and start learning about racism so racialequitytools.org uh, she has resource files and a part on what is internalized racism. Unpack it. Unpack it daily, please. Do's and don'ts for bystander intervention by American Friends Service Committee. Uh, so AFSC.org and do's and don'ts bystander intervention. That will help you know what to do when you see somebody being attacked. Obviously, you don't do it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I wish anybody that follows me on my social media would watch Anti-Racism or Organizational League from the City of Calgary giving the internal uh, committee a presentation on the journey of becoming an anti-racism leader. Really easy for everybody to do. Anyway, Stop the Stack YYC is doing great work at trying to educate and defend our Calgary Black Lives Matter activist, Taylor McNally, and Adora Nofor uh, for being legally targeted. So please go support their work as well. Um, Want to see more letters from folks on that? More TikToks? What's going on, folks? Indigenous have been talking about our issues, sharing our traumas and reports, commissions, and public hearings, just so it could be regularly disregarded. No more. Honor our words. Honor the treaties. Listen to politicians and their platforms and policies. If they don't recognize equity-seeking groups in their budgets, if they don't recognize gender equity plus, uh, if they're cutting violence prevention programs and services, Indigenous education, uterus health choices, gay-straight alliances, lack of human rights for migrants, immigrants, folks with disabilities, know that your vote to that party directly negatively impacts marginalized people, Demand that they implement the Truth and Reconciliation Commission calls to action. The recommendations of the Royal Commission on Aboriginal People is the multiple reports about child welfare reform, violence prevention programs, 231 calls to justice from the National Inquiry. Provincially, there's 113 pathways to justice. Um, you know, municipally, we have the White Goose Flying Report. Denying all these reports is a form of abuse called gaslighting. And I heard the Palestinians talking about feeling gaslit. So I know you all know what the word means. <laughs> Our people are experiencing extreme racism from the educational, justice, health, governmental institutions, everything with multiple reports that say the same thing. Demand change from election platforms and politicians. If they don't understand colonialism, racism, privilege, sexism, they have zero business running. Should be understood by all parties, local politicians, community organizations, sports clubs. You know, Google articles on how non-Indigenous Canadians can become allies. So easy. 
I'm just going to give a shout out to George Jahal. I feel like you're trying and I see you and I wish more politicians would be willing to put that out there, what you're putting out there on Palestine and Israel. Um, Stephanie Harp reached out actually was looking for resources about good places to, for women to stay. So if you're a person that listens and you have a, a recommendation here in Calgary on where to stay, if you're fleeing violence, I'd love to hear from you. Um, homelessness in general, uh, we're looking for folks who are, you know, pregnant, just about to have a baby, don't have stable housing. Anyway, um, I talked about this uh, statement about demanding urgent action to protect the lives of Indigenous women, girls, two-spirit and gender diverse people experiencing homelessness. That was found at womenshomelessness.ca, but nobody wrote about it. But they made stupid signs about igloos. Way to go, Calgary. Anyway, um, you can also sign up for aboriginalalert.ca. That shows the latest missing and murdered uh, folks that we're looking for. You can also get the Missing Children's Society app. Um, so we've had more information published when it comes to the drug crisis and our numbers, our new records being set all the time. If you know somebody that's using substances, please do not use alone. If you are using alone, you can use the National Overdose Response Service at 888-688-NORS for support, or you can download the Braves or, Do or the Brave or Doors app. I've also heard about a lifeguard app, but it's not really for Edmund or for Alberta. It sounds like it's more for BC. Anyway, if you're experiencing emotional distress. After anything we talked about today, please call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness Helpline at 1-855-242-3310. Uh, you can also go to hopeforwellness.ca if related to missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, and Two-Spirit. You can call 844-413-6649, um, the Indian Residential School Survivors and Family Hotline is 866-925-4419. The Native Youth Crisis Hotline is 877-209-1266. For non-Indigenous, there are distress center lines in your area, usually a functioning 211. You can also call 833-456-4566, or you can even text at 45645. If looking for more, you can go to crisis services, Canada.ca and the kids help phone 1-800-668-6868. The following are 2SLGBTQ crisis supports. So you can go to lifevoice.ca where they have tons of crisis support information. The Trans Lifeline is 877-330-6366. And the Trevor Project is uh, for LGBTQ youth is 866-844-7386. Violence is my everyday reality. Every Indigenous generation has faced it. This is media representation we don't get. It's self-care. I would take my power back. That's why I started this podcast, to speak freely without interruption, tone police, leadership shaming, gaslighting questions. As many people don't want to hear Indigenous opinions, but sure like to tell us theirs, even though they know nothing about us 
understanding their own settler colonial bias. They know nothing about the constant surveillance of Indigenous people. Our protests are vigil in our rights. I and many others have shared info on microaggressions daily. It's unacceptable anymore, folks. Learn about being trauma-informed. Folks like me are dealing with internalized racism and gatekeeping. Folks that survive off the status quo and people who are so in their trauma that they stop people from doing the work and deplete personal resources. Internal and external racism is an everyday reality for me, Indigenous peoples, folks with disabilities, QT BIPOC, and others. I want to say thank you to my ancestors, to my granny and my mom, what strength looks like through your example. I want to thank my dad for teaching me to be strong and blunt, my stepmom for showing me a proud culture through her Austrian family and roots, and teaching me to be a proud Calgarian. Um, I want to say thank you to my husband for producing and editing this show. On top of being my husband, my childhood friend, father of our child, and my support down the road of, you know, unpacking racism and sexism, he has witnessed all of it. And to our child, we are blessed to learn from you daily, and we are honored you chose us. You give me daily accountability to be a better and stronger person. I hope that my daughter and my family will be proud in the future of me trying to discuss these present day issues. My native, uh, my my Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Thank you to everyone who has showed support before. I just want to say I I don't receive funding for this show at all. And um, because I find that in the moment you do, this is a moment you have to center the feelings of your funders. And that is so icky and gross. And especially when we're talking about genocide and oppression by Canadians who are willfully trying to avoid the fact that they are complicit in it. Um, so if you think what I have to say is important, please, you know, give us some money. Uh, I, we would appreciate it. Uh, we totally are based on donations. And I don't normally endorse um, and I, I don't go around begging foreign uh, companies to pay me because that's stupid. So and and I just don't think it's ethical. Like, I, I'm not clickbait. I'm just telling my story. If y'all want to pay attention, great. If you don't, you don't. Um, I did come across this Métis-owned um, business called Three Sisters. And they have a magnesium body butter. Oh, so good. And they just threw in a Two-Spirit soap bar. And, of course, my little Two-Spirit loves it. So, um, and my, when I say little... My little one that's bigger than me, <laughs> taller than I am by a mile. Anyway, um, they loved it. So just a shout out to three sisters. Um, I don't norm normally do product endorsement, but I just <laughs> really enjoyed their product. And because they're Métis owned, just give them a shout out. And I got that locally. Um, right now, a lot of the uh, Indigenous uh, markets are going to be coming up for Christmas. I've been sharing them on my social media. So now is the time to go buy things that you can, you know, donate to or, or gift to someone Indigenous in your life later and just help support in local Indigenous economy. Anyway, I want to end by giving side eye to those beautiful Calgary rabbits. You're lucky I'm not your dish. And my beautiful cousin would respond, or you'd be in my dish. So thanks, folks, for listening. I appreciate it very much.